Welcome to another edition of TM3 Impact. My name is Tomas Martinez, and today I am really excited because we have Eric Collins. He is Young Life San Antonio East Area Director. Eric, so glad you're here on TM3 Impact. Yeah, thank you, Tomas. Yes. Glad to be here. Well, listen, we were already talking just before and you were sharing a part of your life that was like, okay, wait, 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 wait. We got to get this recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Well, I'm so glad you're here. You and I met at an art um, auction fundraiser for Young Life. I I had never had any interaction with Young Life. I don't know if you know that. This, that was my first interaction ever with Young Life. And I walked up to you and I said, we need to meet. We gotta have we gotta have lunch. We gotta do something, and so here we are. Um, I'm I'm really really excited to have you on the show. So let's start off. Tell me kind of your journey, Cliff Note version of like where you grew up and how you came to be uh, uh, in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in Blanco, Texas. North, yeah. North two eighty one. As a suburb, <laughs> which is wild. Isn't that crazy? Oh, uh, yeah. Because that was the hill country. That was, yes. And uh, to get to San Antonio, it took about 40 minutes. And the Walmart on 1604 was the beginning of yeah. civilization. Yes. <laughs> and so it's, yeah, it's been wild to see it develop. But I grew up in Blanco, Texas. And then I always had family in San Antonio. And so I would, I would spend summers or just a lot of my time coming up to San Antonio and uh, it wasn't until I was giving a club talk about five years ago, I was trying to make an illustration that um, God's perspective is from the top down, yeah. and so that he can see the pieces of the puzzle. Yes. And I go, I'm thinking about my great-grandma's house and how much time I spent over there. And so I asked my mom, where was it? And she gave me an address, and I Google it, and it happened to be... Um, Two or two uh, plots away from the school that I now serve at. You're kidding me. I kid you not. Your mom's house was right there my, by St. Your, your great-grandma's great house was right by St. Phillips. No, so it, it was by Healy Murphy Healy High School. Healy Murphy High School. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was just a big, like, yeah, it blew me away that I, I didn't even know that school was there. I was yeah. 12 years old, just playing on grandma's, great-grandma's front porch. and Yeah. Um. All these years later, like I'm called right back to that same neighborhood and yeah. area. And um, man, it's amazing. But I grew up in Blanco, Texas, and small town. Um, I guess the quickest way I can describe it is like Friday Night Lights. Yeah, of course. It was, yeah. there wasn't, it could, idle hands. Uh, and there wasn't much to do there except to play football. Yeah. And so we were all about football. We were good at football. Um, and, a lot of the identity of the town Came was from that. football. Yeah. And so um, it was a wonderful childhood. Yeah. Um, but a lot of my identity Mom, was dad. football. Mom, yeah, dad. So, no divorce. Uh, no, there was divorce. Yeah. My, uh, so my dad worked in the oil field. Okay. It was two weeks on, two weeks off. Yeah. And uh, my mom, she, she just took care of the house, held us down while he was gone. And when I was 12, um, they made me aware that they had divorced. Okay. So my dad continued staying at the house for quite a while after that. Yeah. Because it, it was two weeks on and two weeks off. So I, I guess he could manage being home for two yeah. weeks. Yeah. Um, but it just, after that happened, like we went from sitting at the dinner table for dinner 
yeah. to me taking my food to my room. Mm. Um, the house at really, the age of twelve. Yeah, it changed everything. Yeah, the house never healed. Yeah. Um, yeah, my little brother, like, we just never felt like a family again after that moment. It's tough. That's tough. That's, and that's a tough age, too. I think I was seven, eight. I remember that when my parents got divorced. It was it was tough. Um, and, and so when I think about uh, your, I mean, obviously, I know the evolution of where you are today. But I want to go back to because Young Life came into your life in high school. And so I'm curious to like that. Tell the story of that evolution of, of Young Life. Coming to Blanco, Texas. How long had it been in Blanco, Texas, Young Life, at that point? No, so it came my junior year. Oh, so that was the first year? First year of Young Life. Of, of all Young Life is the year you're a junior? Yes. Wow. That's really, wow. Okay, so talk about that introduction and then where you were at and, then, and, and just the impact that it made on your yeah. life. Yeah, so um, at that time, my junior year, I'd always... I'll say, like, I always felt like the Holy Spirit was present, though I didn't have the words uh, to go with it. Okay. I, I didn't go to church, wasn't, didn't grow up in the church, but there was always some, like, wisdom hmm. speaking to me and calling me, and I always knew right from wrong mm -hmm. without knowing why I knew right from wrong. Interesting. Um, but I still very much love to choose wrong. Uh, <laughs> I like how you phrased that. Yeah. And, you know, Young Life comes to my town when I'm a junior. And at this time, um, I was just successful on the football field. What um, position? I was running back. Oh, snap. Okay. So, yeah, I got, you know, I get to score the touchdowns yeah. and get the praise. You get the glory. And, you get the stickers. Yeah. <laughs> get the stickers. And so... um that really, and it's like Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Like we go to the grocery store and there's people just stopping you and like, hey, what do wow. they look like next week? What's your game plan? How are y'all preparing for them? And Really? And free barbecue because like, hey, boys, you did good. And um, wow. yeah, it was just so much of the culture. So that alongside with um, just being what I thought was popular yeah. to everyone. Yeah. You know, I learned how to skateboard because I wanted to be cool with the skaters. I learned how to play guitar because I wanted to be cool with the band guys. Mm. Um, I just wanted to be liked or accepted or fit appreciated. In. And yeah. fit in. Did that start from an early age? Did you kind of, because that's kind of hard to do to just, what age did you pick up skateboarding and guitar playing? Like, was this 14, 15? That was like uh, 12. Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah, skateboarding was 12. Okay. Um, guitar was earlier. That was like, uh, I don't know, seven. Okay. Wow. Um, that's cool. Yeah. I just like, I really wanted to fit in with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes that was good and sometimes that was bad. Right. Uh, and I always liked to hang out with the older kids too. Okay. Which in middle school got me in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Because um, I started hanging out with some high schoolers and got introduced to some things that um, yeah. were really harmful for to me, but I was really trying to keep disappearance and be yeah. cool yeah so young life comes yeah and it's drawing a crowd and there's free food so i'm like you know i can't lose anything here right it's drawing a crowd i can show up do you remember the uh, first one you walked into I do you do. remember that I do. where was it at so it was at this um it's just this giant 
I think it used to be an auction barn. Okay. And then when I was growing up, it was an antique store, but it's mm-hmm. just, it's just this huge building um, mm-hmm. that's now a rec center for Young Life. And I remember going in, and last time I'd gone in, it was just filled to the brim with antiques. Okay. And this is a big building. Like, you had to squeeze through all these antiques. Yeah. And so I was impressed with how it was cleaned out, and, like, it just felt like a comfortable space. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, students walking around, people are eating, having a good time. Probably, what, 30, 40 people there that night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so that's a pretty big crowd in Blanco, Texas. That's a big crowd. (laughs) I graduated with 69, so. uh, It's like everybody's there. Yeah, everybody's there. Yeah. Uh, So I walk in, and, like, they start playing these games and um, singing, and I just sit in the back. You know, when they sing the songs, they try to put their arms around me. I'm like, don't touch me. Mm. Um, but everyone was smiling and so full of joy. And yeah. I remember just thinking, like, this this is fake. Mm. Like, you you all can't be this happy. This yeah. isn't real. Um, so immediately, like, it pushed against me. Like, okay. I, or I pushed against it. Yeah. And to give context, uh, so people understand Young Life, it was it started in 1941, right about that time. And in it, in the 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 four mission, I, I looked this up, right? It's God centered. It's it's based on hope, fun, and friendship, and potential. And it's it's really a way to try to 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 minister to kids at a younger age by making it more fun in, in, in getting people together. Would you kind of say that was the, the, the original intent and, and what it is today to even today? Yeah. It's, um, just extremely relational, relational. So just yeah. meeting the students where they are. Yeah. Basketball court, football field, just going into their world. Yeah. Modeling Christ through the, through the leader's life. Yeah. Um, and inviting them in to these great opportunities that we provide. That's cool. But um, you were pushing against it at 17. Man, because <laughs> I just did not believe that yeah. people could have that much joy. Mm. Uh, for me, the world was, it was painful. Mm. And for me, it was a front um, because mm. I was putting on mask to be the skater guy, the football player. And I'd become so good at taking off and putting on mask. Mm that I assumed everyone else was doing it. So this is just a new mask. Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. And so I, yeah, when Young Life was there, I was just like, this, this is borderline a cult. Yeah, um, yeah. You, people can't be this happy. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. Um, and then, yeah, there's a lady named Chris Shipman. Yeah. Um, her son is a grade above me, and she has another son a grade below me. And she just saw something in me. Like this kid that's in the back of the room doesn't want to be touched. Um, mm. And she didn't stop pursuing me. Mm. She just kept asking about me, kept inviting me to things. Um, I don't, still don't know if she, she would even be able to articulate what she saw in me. Yeah. But she saw something and she, she went for it. And I'm thankful she did. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's a big story in my life is there, there's been a lot of women in my life yeah. that saw something in me and helped nurture and develop that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's just been crazy. I can see how God sent these, these ladies yeah. uh, that just brought me this extravagant love. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so she didn't give up on me. She got me to Young Life Camp, which... 
uh, we were talking about. Yes, talk about camp. Yeah, it's it's still it should not be called camping. Okay, I saw the pictures earlier. <laughs> I agree, it's not camping. No, it's a resort. <laughs> it um, is a resort. Yeah. When I saw that building, I go, "That's a resort. That's not a camp." A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but everything about it is designed for when a student gets off the bus to just be in awe and say, "Wow." Yeah. Wow. Did you did, now leading up to this camp again? Because I would imagine you're still kind of like. You know, I don't know about it. These they're too happy. They're too this. They're too that. They they want to give me hugs. I even going up to the camp was there still a little bit of this of of, of almost like I've got my arm up. You're 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 kind of like I'm not sure about all of this. Oh, even 100%. going up. Okay, I'm talking about on the bus to camp. Oh wow. Um, I'd gone to a party the night before. Okay, talk about that. Yeah. So, uh, my English teacher. He got me tickets to the Kerrville Folk Festival. Okay. And this folk festival is um, is known for just a lot of artists going out there, kind of being like a uh, free love. Yeah. Uh, like a little mini Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I go out there, and I'm just taking all the culture in. And there's this girl that comes up that knows my friend's friend. Yeah. Well, the sister... And the one who we end up um, buying some weed from. Yeah. His sister um, buys some weed. She takes off. Yeah. Well, Kerrville got picked up first on this bus trip. And then Blanco, I'm sorry. They picked up yeah. um, the sister in, in Kerrville first yeah. to go to camp. Unbeknownst to me. You didn't know. No. So y'all, because y'all were so both out. Bus, and yeah, both we're both out. partying at the Kerrville Folk Festival. <laughs> the day before you go for camp. I got yes. you. And I'm, I'm following. Yep. Yeah. And so the bus picks up the Kerrville people. Yeah. That shows up in Blanco. I get on the bus and I'm like, oh. And you see her? I see you. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, yeah. I knew Here this we was, go. Here yeah. we go. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just knew this wasn't. Yeah. I knew it wasn't what it was presented to be. Yeah. Because if she's there, I'm here. Yeah. This can't be what. Yeah. Um, they expected. And so, like, even on the bus ride out there, I was just, I had my headphones on, didn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. Uh, if I did talk to somebody, it was that girl that I knew was down. Yeah. What year uh, was this? This was 2007. Seven. Okay. Got it. Keep going. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we get there. Um, I would still, like, she would kind of still be my, like, point of contact yeah. of, like, hey, you think this stuff's funny? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Um, and she probably was struggling in the same way you were, right? Like just, hey, is this real? Right? She was probably struggling too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, I was just so confused. Yeah. And so, I, so going out to camp, it's such an unfamiliar setting um, because everything is so extravagant. So yeah. wow, you're being served by people who have given up their time to volunteer yeah. to serve you, um, and so it's just so. Not every day yeah. that what I try to do is cling on to a piece of home mm. because this was so uncomfortable to experience. Yeah. And so that's where I would go back to her and be like, yeah, this is silly, right? This yeah. doesn't make sense. But midway through the week, um, I'm just I'm listening to the message they're presenting. I'm seeing the way the life is being lived out. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to think like, okay, you know, if there's something to this, this is the place that 
I'm going to find out. Yeah. And on the last night, um, they, the speaker takes us all week through the progression of our sin, Jesus Christ, yeah. um, life with him, and then he presents the cross. Yeah. And then they give us 15 minutes of silence, cut all the lights off in camp. And the camp I went to was called Crooked Creek. Okay. It's in Colorado. Um, it's still in, out there today. They still, still use out it. there yeah. in yeah. the mountains. Um, just so gorgeous. When yeah. they cut the lights off, you can see the galaxy. Yeah. Um, the stars are so bright. It is so beautiful. Yeah. So they cut the lights off and um, it's just quiet. You have a huge amount of high schoolers that may have never experienced that kind of silence. Yeah. Um, it's just profound. And so I'm sitting in my head and I'm like, God, if you're real, now's the time to say something. Yeah. And I, I hear it as clear as I've ever heard any voice. Yeah. He said, Eric, I love you. Yeah. And I've always loved you. And I just, boom. From there, I can never mm. deny that there is a God. Yeah. I just knew it in my heart, my soul. Like I, from that moment on, I was changed. It's go time. Yep. Wow. That's awesome. So getting back on that bus and going back, I imagine you came back, you were a different Eric. Very different. And that was the, the summer between your junior and senior year? It was. So senior year had to be intense. Star football player. You're now this new life, this new mindset, right? This new identity. Um, walk through that your senior year. Oh, man. Yeah, it was wild. So I'm a man. I like to go all in. Yeah. So I can when, see that. Yeah. <laughs> when I uh, when I learned to skateboard, I was like, yeah, I was all in. Yeah. Football all in. And so now I remember my leader. I was like, what? Where do I start in this Bible? Like, give me a Bible. I'm yeah. going to read it right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to read the whole thing. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to figure this out tonight. I love it. Um, And so, you know, I. I started off that way um going into my senior year i'm trying to now like i'm taking all these masks off my shelf and putting them in a box and throwing them in the mm. down in the river and now i've got this well who am i yeah you know what does my face look like and so i'm trying to figure that out and then in the midst of that i'm trying to figure out well who are my friends like who supports mm -hmm. this new face and yeah, I got to tell you, my senior year was, it was already looking to be very lonely Yeah, uh, because I did have older friends who graduated the year before. You're right. Um, I had a couple of younger friends that were still there, but um, just didn't have a ton of like really heavy connections mm. in my class. Yeah. And then I start, um, start talking about Jesus. Yeah. And especially in a small town, they're like, Jesus, yeah, bro, I know you. Like, yeah, we partied a week ago. What are you talking about, Jesus? Yeah, um, and so I'm like, yeah, I just can't explain it. Yeah, like I'm not, I don't know, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. Like, yeah. I'm just different. Yeah, like different. Yeah, we'll see in a week. Like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, and so I'm trying to figure out what, I'm, who I am, um, and it became incredibly lonely. Yeah, and I still, you know. I still acted out, and uh, the ag teachers wouldn't touch me. Yeah. So, yeah, I would. I drove them crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, I was a husband and a wife, and I oh. tormented them, and they, they, so they were like, you can't be an ag. 
Oh, no. So my senior year, I had three or four home ec classes. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> and so I had this wonderful teacher, Miss Petrie, who um, she saw something in me. Yeah. And then she saw me starting to change, and she really nurtured that. And That's good. But so it's a small school. You run into everybody there. Yeah. But I'm able to stay for like four periods in just this little. Oh, wow. Little. With that one place, teacher. With this one teacher. Wow. And it just gave me that time and that space that I needed to, to ask those big questions in my yeah. head, to walk through like, who am I going to be? What do I want to do? Yeah. Uh, what's my identity? Um, and so it, uh, yeah, it was an incredible blessing. Yeah, and then fo- how did football go that year? It went well. Your senior year? Um, it went well. Yeah. We had yeah. Uh, a lot of the guys that graduated the year before, um, they were some big guys, yeah. some powerhouses. So it went well. It was different. Yeah. Um, I was still very passionate yeah. and, and put everything out there for it, but yeah. there wasn't the... It wasn't the identity, like yeah, which is so strange because that's all I'd known. So when I was, I believe I was five, yeah, um, I started peewee football. Oh yeah. yeah, and what my dad would do is I chug as much of a gallon of water as I could, okay, and then he put some tools in my pads <laughs> because all of that was you needed to weigh enough. <laughs> I had to, yep. I knew exactly what your dad was doing, so I'd weigh enough, and so I would get on that field and just get clobbered oh, by these big guys man. um but it you was loved like, it yeah yeah you loved it wow okay so <laughs> after high school you go to college you decide to go out and study R- remind me again what were you studying out in florida yeah so i went to full cell <clears throat> university to study uh sound engineering sound engineering where did that come from just what was the <sighs> idea of that man so uh my dad told me i had to go to college okay I was going to be the first Collins to graduate from college. Yeah. I have to go to college. Up until this point, I live in Blanco, Texas, and what I've done for work is I've built fences, yeah. I've cut cedar, I've stocked store shelves. I've been a um, – uh, I set up bowling pins at our bowling alley. There you go. Yeah, yep. they hired like two middle schoolers to actually set <laughs> pins. <laughs> There's do no they, – Do ro- they still do that? No robots. Do still they still do that? Do that? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Awesome. Employing the youth it. since like the 30s. I love it. Um, and so I'm like, what am I going to do? Like college? I yeah. have no idea what I'm going to do for college. Yeah. Uh, but I love music. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to college, I want to do it for something I love. Yeah. Uh, went for sound engineering, loved Full Sail University. Um, it was it was a lot. Yeah. I was getting my associates in a year. Mm-hmm. Very intense program, um, but was amazing. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what that's what I went to school for. Guys, so um, you get, get your associate. You end up you end up in Nashville, right? You got an Dude. opportunity in Nashville, and you could speak to you shared a little bit about that. Uh, just the what did you find in the music business where you were just like, ah, okay, I'm not sure about this. Talk talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the options out of um, college. Are L.A., New York, or Nashville? Hmm. If you want to get into a studio, um, those are your options. Okay. At the time, uh, I think Atlanta's popped up as a big hub. Okay. Now. Yep. Uh, so I was like, "Well, I'm from the country. Uh, I'd like to get back to the country." Yeah. Florida was pretty rough. Uh, yeah. 
just a lot what of city? transplants. Uh, I was in Orlando. Orlando, okay, yeah. Or it, was, yep. it was Winter Park. Yeah, um, yep, I know where that is. And it was just a, it was rough in the sense of like a culture shift. Yep. Uh, I would hold doors open for people and they'd look at me like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> why do you even have time enough to do this? Like, yeah. it was kind of like a hustle. Um, and so I wanted to go back to somewhere that was like Southern. Yeah. Uh, and so I pull into Nashville and I'll never forget. It's my first grocery trip run. Yeah. And I got my groceries loaded up. I get in my truck. I'm about to pull out and it's, starts pouring down rain okay it's raining really really hard and i watch this like shopping cart start just drifting in the rain and this truck starts to pull out and i watch this person slam on their brakes throw their truck in park sprint out grab the cart before the person runs into it and moves it to the side it's like thank you it's like yeah no problem brother i was like oh thank god like yeah like i'm back home with this this hospitality yep Yep. Um, so I started working at, uh, or I had an internship at Blackbird studio Yeah. and it was an amazing opportunity, amazing studio. I loved, um, I love capturing sound. Yeah. So I'm in my element, but the more and more I'm involved, I get, um, uh, the more and more artists start, um, requesting me or, or wanting me to help them set up. Yeah. And at this time, like, what started to, what I started to see were these kind of outrageous requests. <laughs> um, we're, I can only imagine. We're in Nashville. They want me to run and get them chicken noodle soup, hold the chicken. Oh, and I'm that's like, not possible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, uh, what do you mean by that? So what they wanted was they wanted chicken noodle soup. Yeah. They wanted it to taste like chicken, but yeah. they wanted the chicken to be pulled out. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh. This is wild. Um, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I can't even imagine saying that to another person. Right. It's like my dad would have slapped me upside the head for right. saying something like that. Um, <laughs> yes. And so those requests, like that is, that's where it starts. And then it starts getting, um, it just started getting more overwhelming and, and wild and out there. Yeah. And I, I didn't feel like I had people there. Mm. And then as a recording engineer, um, I was supposed to set up the room, help capture the sound, but just be a tool that mm-hmm. translate what what the producer wants to hear mm-hmm. into the the physical um, soundboard. Mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of like, uh, just listen, mm-hmm. but don't say anything. Mm. You're, you're supposed to be invisible, as a matter of fact. Like if I even see you, you need to. Disappear. Oh, interesting. Um, and I kept running into that. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I really love this job. Yeah. I love what it entails, but the the people um, had this arrogance and this, yeah. this sense of pride and this like just a really a lack of respect for other humans. Mm. And so I got incredibly homesick. Yeah. Um, so I saw an opportunity after my year internship mm-hmm. to come back home. Okay. And I thought. And while I was in Nashville, I met some incredible artists, though, that were studio musicians. Okay. So these guys live in Nashville. Whenever a producer needs a song or you've got an artist that's just a singer, you can hire these studio the band, musicians. Yeah. Yeah. They come in and, I mean, I'm that's talking cool. super professional, amazing human beings. Yeah. Bob Babbitts, that one. So he he was Motown's bass player. Oh, wow. 
this man. And he lives up there. Lives. Yeah. Well, he passed away. Oh. But uh, he talked like he had just gravel. Yeah. <laughs> sitting in his chest. Huge Steelers fan. Okay. Would tell the studio, you know, like, it, oh, no, you're going to work around the Steelers football schedule. <laughs> Love it. And just because of the musician he was. Um, and they would do it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir, Mr. Babbitt. Yeah. Uh, go back, listen to All Motown. They're, that bass line. Is him. It's wow. just glorious. Oh, that's so cool. There, there were amazing humans there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, What'd you do when you came back to San Antonio? So I decided to go to Incarnate Word. Ah, that's right. That's right. Yes. Because I saw these studio musicians. Um, <clears throat> they would come in, have a sheet of paper that said A, B. B B A C, yeah, and lay down the most beautiful music I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and so I was like, they know a language that I don't know, so I want to learn that language. So mm. I went to Incarnate Word for, um, for, um, oh my gosh, for just general music. Yeah, um, music theory. Music theory yeah. was yeah. the first class they taught in that. Yeah, and from there I was trying to decide whether I wanted to go into music therapy. Uh, okay. Um, or work in the studio again yeah. uh, with an instrument. And um, on my second semester, I also joined the football team. Oh, really? I do. Wow. I'm years removed from football. Yeah. Did you walk on? I walked on. <laughs> uh, their football team was new yep. at the time. And I should never have done that. <laughs> so here's... So for football... There's no BS. Yeah, no, no, you no. You can either play or you can't. Yeah. And I was a couple of years removed, so I was having to work really hard to get yep. back into that shape. For music, there's no BS. Like, yeah. You can't just circle C and D on the test and hope that it it no. works. No, your professor going to be like, play this piece. Yeah. And if you don't know how to play it, you don't know how to play it. Yeah. So I'm in these two areas where you were stretched so thin stretched so thin yeah working as hard as i could to keep up with both of them very high demands yeah and here i am again like feeling lonely stretched thin and i get a call from chris shipman ah who was my young life leader who led me to the foot of jesus yeah uh, just loved me so well she found out i was an incarnate word and so just a, a couple of blocks down the road yeah. she was holding young lives club Okay. Which is Young Life's ministry to teen moms. Yep. And she called. She's like, hey, Eric, like, let's catch up. I meet her to catch up. Um, she introduces me to Young Life's Club. Yeah. Like, wow, that's amazing. Like, I'm yeah. so glad that you're doing this. She's like, well, hey, why don't you come to club? Um, can you help me with the projector? Can you help me, yeah. you know, click play yeah. on the music? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I could do that, of course. Yeah. And so I show up to club and... Um, these young girls, I mean, we're talking anywhere between like 13 and 17. Wow. With babies. Yeah. Um, trying to navigate that. And they've got um, older mentors assigned to them to help them just navigate this, this incredibly difficult task of raising a child, going to high school. Yeah. Um, and and this is a this is a ministry within Young Life. It's it a is. it's Young Lives. Yeah, it's a part part of the same kind of concept that you, you know, had been a part of in high school. Absolutely. Got it. Okay. So it was easy to plug into it. Um and so I'm just like I'm observing. Yeah. I'm watching how this all goes down. 
and I'm seeing these just these older women loving the next generation. Yeah. And then the next generation loving the next generation. Yeah. And so I can just see how I was I fell in love with ministry because I can see the generational impact. Yep. Immediately. Yep. Um, and so I stuck around and I started volunteering uh regularly. Yeah. And it was four or five years that I volunteered for Young Lives. And this is all while you're still going to school, still trying you go working through your degree at at at, uh, at Incarnate Word. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I, I stopped working at Incarnate Word, um, taking out student loans, yeah. all that stuff. I was like, I'd just rather not. Yeah. Um, my parents were like, what are you doing? Man? Yeah. I'm like, no, I just, I don't want to owe anybody anything. Yeah. And so I start working. And even <clears throat> as I start working uh, in, in um, San Marcos. Yeah. But I'm living back at home now but I'm still commuting to San Antonio to make sure that I'm volunteering at Young Lives. Wow. Uh, and I made another move after that to work in Fredericksburg in Carpentry. Okay. And I lived in Fredericksburg, and I would commute to San Antonio for That's Young Lives. That's some serious driving. It, yeah, that was an wow. hour and a half. Um, yeah. Or one way. Yeah, for but, sure. But I just I love the ministry so much. Yeah. I believed in it. Yeah. And so... Um, Another thing, like I just I couldn't stop going because these these children would see me and you know I have a connection with them. Yep, and they're excited to see me and and I love them. That's super cool. And so I'm like I got to come back. And yeah. then the mothers too. What I thought was amazing, um, and what just impacted me the most were they were for a lot of them they hadn't had a male figure in their life that love them unconditionally Hmm. it had all been based on the conditions around um sexual gratification yeah so for these young mothers to have somebody a male in their lives that just said no like i love you because jesus loves me yeah and he loves you yeah like there's no conditions and watching that like that breakdown in their head, like, wait, this is possible for me? Yeah. Um, and then... It's huge. Yeah. I, like, it just... That's huge. It really made me think about some heavy things Yeah. Uh, in my college years. And that's really where a lot of my education came from. I bet. Um, just being real life, real people, um, learning what these moms go through. Yeah. Uh, how they're getting through it. Um the people, the support system that we're trying to cultivate to make sure that they can get through anything. Um, what do you think during that time, what do you, what do you think, uh, you know, God was teaching you? Because, you know, when we serve, there's, there's, there's lessons that you learn through that service. What do, you, what do you think you were learning during that time? I think I was learning that what I thought Christianity to be was false. Hmm. Um, I had an assumption because I, you know, I feel God's call. And then I, part of that story is I felt incredibly lonely hmm. um, because friends weren't just hopping on board and being like, oh, Eric loves Jesus now. Yeah, yeah this is awesome. Um, and so I felt incredibly lonely. So then my theology was very immature, and I was like, oh, well, if I have a Bible in Jesus, I, I'm good. 
Mm. And then I had a, a friend named Will while I was in Florida invite me to his church. And it was an all black church. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't even know denominations. Yeah. I'm like, which y'all, it's not one church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so this was like a, uh, I don't know, non-denominational, but it was, it was wild. Yeah. Uh, so much fun. Yeah. The people loved so well. Um, I was just like, man, this is Christianity. Yeah. This is amazing. And then I come back to San Antonio and like, there's so much division. Yep. And there's like, what do you mean? Like, are you Catholic? Are you Episcopalian? And there's this, I was like, I don't know what I am. Like, yeah. I just want to like be in a community. I want to yeah. be loved. I'm loved by God. Like, I'm like, ah, no, it's not really. And so I'm seeing all this division and <clears throat> I'm thinking that church is now probably for more polished and like mm. um, people who grew up in it. And it's not for me. Yeah. And then here's young lives. That's like, um, and then, and, and at this time too, it was really heavy uh, and it still continues to be heavy. Uh, the church's role or activism uh, towards Planned Parenthood or abortion. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so I would see these like churchgoers who had a picket sign in their hand that were, it was like, if you, if you get an abortion, like you kill that baby, they're going to hell, you're going to hell. But then I'm with people who are on the other side of it. And they're like, no, these, these students have chosen to have life mm-hmm. and we're going to enter into it with them and, and support them. And walk alongside them. Yeah. Cause if we're going to, if we're going to call them out and say like, Hey, you have to have this baby. Yeah. Then we have to be about it and show up in their lives and yeah. like, okay, they're going to have this baby. Now what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And so that was like, that was very, uh, formational in in my faith of like you cannot just speak about theology and what Jesus did yeah without being called to action and you know like your heart has to change you have to feel compelled to like I cannot watch this happen anymore I yeah. have to do something about it yeah I love that I love that and that that I would imagine that probably grew more and more as you were there in the relationships that you built and the kids that you would see throughout that program. Uh, Because it was, I mean, you might be seeing the same person and their child for a couple of years. And then the next mom would come with another child. Right. And, but, but, but you're still, you're interacting with them and just loving them along the way. That's powerful. Now, when did, when did um, the area director for Eastside come about? It's, has it been about two years when did that, what year did that come about when you became the director? So that was three years ago. Oh, it was three years. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was right during the pandemic. It was. Wow. Yeah. So you get relational <laughs> ministry. <laughs> I mean, wow. That's yeah. wild. Now, b- b- by the way, we, I think who you marry matters, right? I know you're Big married. Time. You have two kids, two boys. I do. And, and, and at what point did you and your wife meet throughout all of the, you know, coming along the journey where we're at? What point did y'all meet? Yeah, I was working in San Marcos, and uh, man, I got a whole other story. Yeah, uh, I was trying to get to the Air Force. Uh, felt called to really. Yep. Okay, I wanted to be a SEER trainer. Okay, a survival, evasion, resistance, escape. I felt the Lord call me to it. Went, signed up. Um, 
my recruiter was like, hey, you need to choose another job. Like, nobody ever gives up this job. You could be waiting for two, three, six years. Yeah. It's like, no, I feel called to this. Uh, I passed the physical test. And then that week he calls me back and he's like, hey, you're not going to believe it. 12 spots opened up. You're in. What? This is amazing. A uh, friend comes back from Odessa. We go to celebrate his his coming back. Yeah. Um, what year was this, by the way? This was 2000. 18, 17? Somewhere, Somewhere around, around there. Yeah. Okay. I'm really bad with dates. That's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we go to celebrate. Um, and he he gets hammered. Yeah. And so I'm taking care of him. At this time, like I'm counting, I'm counting every calorie that I take in because I gotta go to MEPS and weigh in under 160. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah. I have a beer. Yeah. I remember I watched the Spurs get the floor wiped by uh with by the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. And yes. I was like, I was just so upset. Yeah. My friend can't, we're supposed to stay at his friend's house. His friend gets in the car, peels out, takes off. My friend can't articulate to me right. where this is. So I go to take him back home in Blanco. And we get there. It's late at night. Lift him up on my shoulder, knock on the door. This man opens the door, screams, shuts the door. Oh, gosh. I'm like, what is this? Who is this? I hear him on the other side of the trailer calling the cops. Oh, gosh. Police station's literally, literally a stone throw. Yeah. yeah. To yeah, pick yeah, up yeah, a rock, yeah. hit it. Yeah. I'm like, Nate, we got to go. Like, he can't tell me what's going on. Yeah. Um, the guy hears me say that, opens the door, says, you gotta, you're not going anywhere. Drags Nate into the house. You too? Both of y'all or just No, he him? drags Nate. Oh, and Nate, so got then it. We're got playing it. like tug of war yeah. with Nate. I oh mean, gosh! I love my brother. He's all of like five one. Okay, <laughs> so we're really like playing tug of right. war with him. Um, and then I hear freeze. Oh my! Goodness. Look over my shoulder. Cops got his gun drawn. I let go of Nate. Nate falls on top of that guy. Um, I'm on the ground. This lady comes out of the room. She's like, "Oh my gosh, what's happening?" I'm like, "Ma'am, do you know Sherry Wilson?" Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, yeah. They moved out two weeks ago." Oh gosh. I'm like, oh, man. So the lady, she's just saying, she's apologizing. Yeah. The cops tell me, shut up, puts me in handcuffs, takes me in. I get out, and I call my recruiter. I'm like, man, something tragic just happened. Yeah. He said, brother, I'm so sorry. I'm not your recruiter anymore. I retired. Like, you got a new guy. Oh, gosh, okay. Yeah. New guy opens up the file, like, just arrested. Yeah. We don't have time for this in the military. Boom, I'm done. And, whoa. My plan's completely derailed. I'm trying to figure out wow. what my life's going to be like. Um, I get a call from another Christian ministry called Stillwater Sports Camp. Yeah. They need a, a TL or a tribe leader yeah. for yeah. a weekend. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing anything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I go head down there to serve, and then that's where I met Bailey. Ah, and she was a, a TL as well? Well, she'd been, she, uh, I don't know what they call it. It's like yeah. work crew, but she was, she signed on for the summer. Got it. Got so it. So I was just there for a week. She was yeah. there for the whole summer. Yeah. Uh, we meet at this time. I'm like, I'm not looking for, I was trying to cut ties because if I was yeah. going into the military, right. I was going to be stationed somewhere else. And I was just You're like, cutting ties and calories. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cutting yeah. it all, man. <laughs> all of it. And, uh, right. So I meet her, don't don't really think anything of it. I'm like, yeah, she's cute. 
I get her number yeah. uh, to impress my guys at the table. All my like middle schoolers are like, yeah, hey, you got her yeah. number. <laughs> you got her number, bro. Oh, um, that's funny. And then uh, a couple months later, <laughs> she's coaching a volleyball team. I'm coming to San Antonio. I see it on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I'll meet you over there. I'm, my friend lives over there. Yeah. Meet over there, um, start talking. And then we just kept meeting up. Yeah. It's like, man, I love being around her. Uh, she's a wonderful person. Yeah. And we kept meeting up. And I told her just from our first date, I was yeah. like, look, I'm not trying to play any games. I'm looking for my wife. If you're looking for that, yeah. Stay on the train. If yeah. not, you can hop off. Like, yeah. no hard feelings. Yeah. She's like, no, this sounds good. Yeah. And, Boom, we just committed. Wow. Yeah. So you got what well, married what year did you get married? We got married in 2016. 2016. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, man. To so met so, at church camp. Basically yep. church camp. Yeah. <laughs> at church and, camp. And now and now you guys get to go to camp with, you know, with young life. You yep. take kids to camp. We do. Right? I, I'm curious, like when you think about the I, I I know what inspired you to be a part, but uh, uh, I well let's go back one one quick question is when they ask you to be the director was anybody at the at, at the east side at that point no so you started it this was the first time it had ever been there yes so when they asked you like what went through your mind of like okay I'm gonna go to the east side St Phillips area and what was this high school you told me about Healy Murphy Healy Murphy. What was what was the mindset of like, okay, here's an opportunity? What was going through your mind? Yeah, so um, when it was initially presented to me, I, I shut down. I was like, I don't want to go anywhere that there's not young lives. Hmm. Because um, I just, I really loved that ministry. Mm, okay, gotcha. And okay. so it was... Uh, and, and the teen mom aspect of it, you're like, this is what I've been serving in. Got mm-hmm. it. Keep going. Um, and so just like the, like the non-parenting high schoolers, yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know if that's for me. Mm. Um, and so I prayed about it, took some time. It's like, okay, this is still good. Um, I'm still serving in Healy Murphy, yeah. where, where the teen moms are. Yeah. Uh, I would just be serving the non-parenting teens and then moving over to St. Phillips so that we can be in the, the central hub of the east side. Yeah. Um, that location is huge yeah. because there's bus routes that go by there. A lot of our students don't have transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very strategic. And I was, I, I got excited about it. Yeah. I was like, okay, uh, we can make this work. Uh, and so it's 2020 though. Yeah. So like, what what we what month? When did they announce it? When they when they finally called you? They emailed you. Was it was it January or was it like we talking like June of twenty twenty? Because those two <laughs> those two dates are very different. Do very you remember? Different. Do you remember the time frame? Um, I don't. I well, it was more towards. I would say the latter of twenty nineteen. Okay. All right. So maybe like October. Yeah. Like we knew we were headed in that direction. Got it. And Got so, it. no, there was plenty of excitement. Yeah. Plenty yeah, 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 yeah. of momentum. Yeah. There was momentum. Because that's why I'm yes. saying, that's why I'm asking. Because if it would have been, you know, June of 2020, I'm just thinking like, th- at that point, just where we were in the pandemic was really different. So yeah. you have you had some momentum going in. Got it. Okay. Yeah, there was yeah. excitement. There was momentum. Um, and you already knew so many people 
from Healy Murphy from from your time serving over there. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, um, man, there's some incredible servants. Yeah, that give their life and their time to serving those students at Healy Murphy. Yeah, they take pay cuts. Um, wow, they they pour out their lives. That's and, awesome. And so I'd built relationships there for the last five, six years before this. Yeah. Um, and so it was, our, there was an infrastructure already there. There were relationships there. Yeah. Um, the new relationships would come from St. Phillips. Okay. And that wasn't too hard. Yeah. Um, people at this time, especially teachers, if they had somebody who said, hey, I'm willing to help. Yeah. Can I help you? They were like, come on. Yeah. Hop on. Grab this. Take yeah. this. Um, and we just wanted to go serve. And and what I knew from the get-go was instead of asking a teacher or a principal, like, hey, can we do our program here? Did, if we go and serve the teacher and the staff and the administration, then we can make an in- exponential impact because these teachers are in the classroom. Yep. And they're – so by loving them well, if they feel loved, then they take that love into the classroom <clears> – <throat> And they share it with the students, and I, I just, I just knew that to be true. Yep. And so I knew that whether or not our ministry, like students, started coming to us mm-hmm. quickly or it took time, regardless of that, that the teachers felt loved, right. and appreciated, right? Which is um, huge. I, yeah, and you, I don't know if you know this, but I was a teacher for eleven years, yeah. so I taught at Camelot, which is right over by Roosevelt High School. And, um, you know, w- as a teacher, when, when you when you had outside that outside influence that would show that appreciation, it was just like, oh, it I mean, it meant a lot. It really, really did. And, and for everybody listening, if <laughs> if you've got teachers in your lives, please share with them what they mean to your kids and why it's so important. Now, obviously, you you I would imagine because I, I don't know if you remember the first question I asked you when I when we met. I said, "Do you live on the east side?" Yes. And you remember I asked you that because because I would imagine I don't know how many people have asked you that, but I immediately was like, "Okay, you're serving on the east side. Do you live on the east side?" And you answered yes. And I I sat there and I was like, "Okay, we, I I got to know more about this guy because you know it's one thing to volunteer." on the east side, right? It's one thing to volunteer. It's another thing to say, you know what? I'm going to move and I'm going to I'm going to commit my life and and my family, my wife and my kids are going to go and we're going to live on the east side as well. And so talk about that. Did you know that that was going to be part of it or was it was it, did young life ask you to do that or is it just kind of like that's what I'm going to do? Uh for me it was never or for my wife and I, um, it was never a doubt that we were going to be, we were going to live there. Mm. Um, we, we had built community. We had, um, spent so much time with these students. It really only made sense to move into the neighborhood. Mm. Um, because just, of your time at Healy Murphy, yeah, because you were you already there um, prior to becoming the director. Were you already living? I was. Oh, you were. Oh, okay. prior to becoming the area. Yeah, director? Yeah, prior to coming to area director. Uh, yes. Okay, got it, got it. And so we knew. Yeah, I knew 
that we we wanted to serve the east side. Yeah. And so, you know, finding a home was difficult. Okay. But God opened up the door. Yeah. And like I just love it. We know all of our neighbors. Yeah. Um they're so good to my sons. Yeah. There's often a fear or a misconception from um, those who don't live in the East Side. Like, typically, one of the first things uh, questions I get is like, "Are y'all scared? Are y'all okay? Yeah. Like, are y'all safe? Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if I could feel safer. Yeah. You know, I know my community and my neighbors, and they love my sons like so well. And yeah. So for me, it was just like, it was so natural because I knew like if I run into the grocery store, like here's another opportunity yep. to see some of my students who are working there. Yep. And it wasn't so much of a like, I'm, let's move into the neighborhood for opportunity. It just seemed natural if what we wanted to do was grow and, and build and, uh, intertwine ourselves mm-hmm. into a community you have to live there yep. you have to breathe there you have to s- establish roots there yep. and so um my wife and I I don't know we just felt called we felt a strong calling to it and I love it um yeah got a house there and we we're just like this is this is where we want to be yeah I love it I I I I mean it it is uh it's a powerful thing, right? Here's a here's a young man from Blanco, Texas yeah. that um you know served for five years with with young pregnant moms on the east side, right? Healy Murphy. Finds out his great grandma lived how far away? Like a couple of blocks, a block away. I mean, not even a block. Like there's I used there to play there. Lot, there was the next lot, and then there was Healy Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. And and now fast forward so many years and, and you're serving in the same community and uh uh and pouring out your life, you know, and pouring out your life. I I, I mean I, I got I have so much respect for what you're doing and I really feel I feel called to figure out and I've been telling you this. I've, I've, I've we've talked and I was like we got to get you around my buddy Kevin. We got to figure out. I've got another buddy uh, Brian. Brian Mitchell's gonna watch this. That that we've got to figure out like how do we pour into what you're doing and help out. And I know. I mean, really, uh, you got to raise money, right? At the end of the day, you have to raise money for what you're doing. And you have uh, the one main event is uh, in Fiesta. It's a Fiesta event. Yes. Talk about this because you just got recognized. This is huge that you're now an official Fiesta event. Talk about that and uh, the, the way it raises money for your uh, program. Yeah, so um, while I was volunteering with Young Lives, I met Andrea, who simultaneously started volunteering with Young Lives. And so I got to see Everett, like, yeah, just as a baby. And um, got to see Andrea and where she was at that time. Um, And so as time went on, like, we kept that relationship going. And Andrea is a gifted artist. And she's gifted at communicating and bringing people in. Yeah. And so... She and she also has a huge heart and love for these students, mm. um, for this community. And so she's like, Well, how can I put this together? 
and she started art in the garden. Yeah. And so at the Botanical Gardens, um, we have this opportunity where we can showcase uh, local and national artist art uh, that have been donated to us. People can bid on it. Um, we can do it. There's like a live ask. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a wonderful date night. Yeah. It, it's, it's so a lot amazing. of fun. She, she just, she took the two gifts that she knew she had. Yeah. And she said, well, let me make some out of it. And that's what I'm so amazed with Andrea is like, so often we, we know what our gifts are yeah. and we know how we can serve, but there's not that, there's, there's a lack of confidence or just like security and, mm. or maybe my gift can't serve the kingdom or these students or, and I just, I don't believe that. Yeah. And she was like, she was so confident. Like I can do this and I can do this. Let's put it together. Art in the garden. Yeah. And it's a beautiful, amazing event. Um, How many years have y'all done it now? Three? This'll be uh this'll be our fourth year. Fourth year. Okay. So the first year was at Weathered Souls Brewery. Yeah. Yeah. Um <clears throat> it was amazing. Yeah. Man. And then it just she's like, I envisioned being at the garden oh. and hanging this with with the garden in the backdrop yeah. and it's suspended with invisible wire and was it like, was killer. That was killer. I, I was, was just like, <laughs> you you can see that. I can't yeah, see that, yeah. but I see you. Right, and right. so I was like, I'll do whatever to, right. to help. And what is that? Typically, what, what what are you able to raise with that event? Like, what is that event able to raise? So in, on average, it's about $40,000. Wow. So that's pretty much, is that your whole budget, almost mostly your budget? <laughs> no. No, it's not even close. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a That's a lot. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, man. That's it's, awesome. It is awesome. Um and it all goes towards the community. Yeah. Yeah. Just a hundred percent. Um, these students. And then also just the auction itself. Uh, so I'll invite some of the students to help me run it and work yes. it. And I got to meet them. Every <laughs> last year, uh, which was our first one at that venue. Yep. Um a couple of the students were like, Man, Eric. I've never been invited to something like this. I've never seen something like this. Yeah. And I was like, brother, I haven't either. <laughs> Eric, like if I didn't know Andrea, crazy. I wouldn't be invited here either. Uh, oh, I love it. I so, love it. Yeah. It just blew me away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm so thankful and proud of her. Well, and shout, shout out to Andrea and, 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 and what she's done because, uh, you know, when when we we heard about it, it was like, hey, let's help out. We wanted to, you know, we put it in the magazine. We wanted to try to get more tickets sold. I think y'all ended up selling it out. I mean, because there was oh, yeah. no tables, right? I don't. Yeah. I think people ran out of tables, uh, which is amazing. It's yeah. it's fantastic. In fact, there was an art piece that I me and another gentleman were actually bidding on. We were both bidding on. It was over in the silent auction, and uh, ended up. Uh, uh, I, I was talking with uh, 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 his girlfriend, and she's like, "I really want this painting." And I said, "It's okay. You can have the painting. I don't know where I'm going to put it." <laughs> but it was a great event. I mean, yeah. the event was amazing. You know. Now, when I, I I think about the impact, right? Can you share a story 
uh, about one of your students in 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 and maybe it ha- it could be about camp maybe cuz we've got some pictures about mm-hmm. camp could you share a story of impact in of of cuz you've now done four summer camps so far since you've been there for San Antonio East for San Antonio East yeah. Share that uh, a, a, a success story, a story about someone that you can talk about that 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 can show the impact of of your energy and volunteering pouring in, and what is that? How that has helped maybe someone individually? Yeah, um, man. So I've got a story. Um, I'll take this student. Um, I'll call him Mike. Okay. So Mike, I've been talking to him for. Two, two years now. He moves at a really slow pace. I'm just like, please come to club, like get involved in this. It's like, ah, maybe, maybe. I don't know, maybe. Um, finally, finally, I get Mike to come to camp. After two years. After two years, yeah. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, just pursuit, showing up, consistency. Um, or I just wear him down, like <laughs> yeah, one or the other. Um, so Mike comes to camp, he experiences the gospel presented just as best as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. He, he reflects on it. He comes home a changed person, Mm. but he's coming back home. Yeah. And so the night he gets back, his parents tell him that the two people they trusted the most in the world that they tasked with watching his uh, younger twin sisters had been having inappropriate relations with his younger twin sisters. So Mike is broken, and he picks up the phone, and he calls his friends. Hmm. His friends hadn't gone to camp. And so they're like, come on. Like, we're going to pick you up. We're going to handle this. Hmm. So Mike gets picked up, gets in the car, they go to this, they go to these people's home, and Mike has a gun, mm. and he's walking up to the door, and he just he, he gets hit, and he stops, and he reflects on the week that he just had. He reflects on this God that he just heard about. He reflects on. He like wakes up to like, what am I doing here? In this moment. Mm. And this is the day he got back from camp. Wow. Takes a deep breath. Turns around. Walks back to the car. Gets in the car. Says drive. They're like, what are you doing? Let's go handle it. Mm. Like, oh, I'm like, no. He's like, we're leaving that. Wow. Mm. You want to talk about forgiveness and redemption and darkness that was pierced by the light mm. because of his his choice yeah so i when i want to talk about what we do in young life um as having an impact it's it it impacts lives in unimaginable ways um, it's truly like the opportunity to walk alongside somebody 
and to love them for two years without condition. Mm-hmm. Like my love for him was never about getting him on the bus to get to camp. Yeah. It was never about trying to get him to the, my program. Yeah. Like you just never know where sharing that love you have from the overflow of Jesus will create this, I mean, this little piece of heaven on earth where atrocities can happen and the light can then shine on them Mm. and call them out. And it can be, there can be justice done. Yeah. Not vengeance. Yeah. Justice can happen. Um, you just, I, I can't think of a better story. I mean, I kind of like, I've got eight to 10 years of stories from post camp. Right. um, Lives changed. Yeah. Camp is such a big experience, but more than anything, it's the consistency. Yeah. Um, just showing up in their lives every day without an agenda. Like I just, I'm coming because I love you. Yeah. Tell me something. Yeah. And then they talk cause they're like, rarely do they have an adult in their life that doesn't have an agenda for their life. Yeah. And it's not, that's not a shot at the adults. Like a, just te- life. a teacher needs to get them to a certain grade level so that they can pass and get to the next, like, it's just what it is. Yeah. You know, the parent is, doing whatever they can to support them. Um, so they need an adult that says, I have no agenda. Like, yeah. I just want to love you. Yeah. How was your day? Yeah. And then listen. So I'll say 90% of my job is listening. Yeah. And my God, the revelations that they have themselves yeah. through talking to somebody who's willing to listen. Yeah. Um, it's just... It's that simple, and lives are changed. Lives are changed. They're, yes, <clears throat> lives are changed. That's powerful. I love it. That's powerful. Um, how do people volunteer for this? Because I know you have club. We and do. so club is a weekly gathering um, that you have. And the beautiful thing about your San Antonio East is you guys have a building yeah. right next to I got to go to it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, you've got a little area in the back where you, everybody can come hang out. Um, you've got an area for kids. Uh, uh, hopefully, they did the lunch work out to where they can come hang out during lunch, or did they switch uh, it again? Yeah, so the high schoolers can't yeah. come during lunch. Oh, that's a uh, bummer. But the college students do. They do. Okay, yeah. cool. So they get to take advantage of it. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Um, and so how do people, so if somebody's listening to this and they're like, I, I, I want to be involved somehow, some way. I want to volunteer, kind of like what you did at Healing Murphy. Yeah. How, do they, how do they volunteer for this? How do they help out with Young Life yeah. or Young Lives? Yeah, so um, they could go to our website, and there'll be a link, <clears throat> saeastyl.com. Okay. Um, just reach out to me. There's, there are infinite number of ways to volunteer, but very, one very tangible one is to come to club on Wednesday. Okay. That's what I ask. Come and see. Yeah. And if you feel called, it's going to happen on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, it's going to happen It's going to happen on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> I love that. It's just one of those things like yeah. you either walk in the door and you see these students and, and the amazing people they are and you're like, yeah. man, I want to be a part of this community. Yeah. Or you walk in the door and you're like, man, this, I'm glad that they're doing this. Yeah. But it's not my calling. Yeah. And that's fine but I ask that you walk through the door. Yeah. 
uh, just got to come and see. And you just had your first one last night. I did. How did it go? Tell me about it. It was amazing. Um, truthfully, like the spirit of peace. Wow. Um, yeah. I just can't even describe it. Like the <clears throat> students, the the leaders, everything that got poured into that club mm-hmm. to be executed. Yeah. When it was executed, there was this peace. There was this unity. There was this community. Um Everyone, like, we felt like, and this is crazy to say, like, we felt like family. Mm. Even when I haven't always experienced that in my own family. Mm. There was, like, this richness of, you know, I know you. Yeah. And us being able to speak openly into each other's lives and how how much we love each other. Yeah. Um, and not be ashamed of it. Yeah, you know, a lot of these students they would, they would never say out loud, "I love you," right? Because it's oh, that ruins my image, or like yeah. there's some shame around that, or I can be hurt by giving you that. Yeah, but like yeah. last night there was really just, it was peaceful, and you it. could just feel everyone like drop their burdens. Yeah, here's a place where we can rest. Yeah, uh, and fellowship. What time does it start? So good on Wednesdays. What time does it start? So we have a uh, high schoolers showing up at four thirty. Okay. Uh, the program starts from five thirty to six thirty. Okay. Yeah. And what that entails is it's games, music. Um, we'll do some announcements and fun, yeah. and then I'll share fifteen minutes yeah. of the gospel while we eat dinner together. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you feed them. Oh yeah. Every night. Oh, that's crucial. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, like so much of the community was done around a table. And yeah. There's just something so, there's something so humanizing about sitting across from somebody and having them chew and mm. like swallow. And it, it doesn't matter. You can, you could feel so intimidated by this person in so many other scenarios. And then you sit around the table with them, you eat, and you're like, oh, you're just a human. Like, we're just, we're just people. That's a, I love that. Yeah. That's real. That's really real. And, and kids, I, w- I mean, I, I should say young adults, right? Like these, these young adults that are in high school that are, they, they want community. They want to be, you know, kind of like what you talked about, you know, earlier, right? They don't want to feel alone, yeah. right? They want that community. And what better way to find it than with people who have, you know, a God-centered Focus. I mean, I, it's it's amazing. I love it. Now, in as far as from a from a uh, your 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 program is based on your what you raise, right? I mean, yeah. it comes down to fundraisers. Do you just have the one fundraiser, or do you have other opportunities for people to uh, give and in in to support what you're doing? Yeah. So right now, um, Art in the Garden is our main fundraiser. Okay, we're working on starting something up in the fall okay be a smaller more intimate fundraiser um, okay and then can you share it now can you talk about it now no it's no okay still, it's, yeah still working through it okay still working out the details okay um and then just throughout it's it's a lot of me building relationships in the community yeah and uh, just inviting in and so we have a lot of just personal donors yeah um that's probably the majority. And then we have churches okay. that we'll speak to about uh, partnerships. And and then uh, 
yeah, the Art in the Garden is our main fundraiser. Okay. Okay. Um, but there's plenty of opportunity. Yeah. And and really, like, just come and see. Yeah. Come into the community and see if you want to be a part of it. But our students, um, another thing I asked them last night, yeah. it's like, how many of y'all eat around a table with your family? And out of, what, 23 of them, two of them raised their hands. Wow. And so it's, everything we're doing is so intentional. Yeah. And, um, man, like families aren't eating around the dinner table together. Yeah. And San Antonio's identity is a family. City. Yeah, it is. Spurs, we're the Spurs family. H-E-B, La Familia. We're yeah. your family. Yeah. And there's a major identity crisis when we're, we're being told that our identity is family, but we're not acting like it. Mm. And we're not sitting around the table together and we're not, we're not engaging in meaningful conversations. We're just yeah. staring at our phone or just tuning out. Yeah. And so it was, it was extremely important, and especially because scripturally it speaks about being brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. And so, yeah, we love to eat together because you just feel like family. Yeah. It's so disarming. Yeah. You got, if it's you got true. chocolate cake on your face. like Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just see, you know, Eric, I, 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 I get a sense that the kids, they really, your spirit, that you, I, I just, just, I mean, when I first met you, I think your spirit disarms the kids in, a, in such a good way because your spirit is so real and, and you've come from a place of you were in their shoes just... I mean, I don't, and you, you're young, so you're probably not even in your 30s yet, right? So, I, so you're coming from this spirit of, I, I've walked in your shoes and I was there. You know, I know. And you have a, an ability to relate with them on a level that uh, maybe not even some of their peers can relate to them in some ways, you know? And so, man, I, I just, I knew somehow we would be called to do something, and I still, yeah. I still feel that strongly that there's, there's somehow, some way, we're gonna work together, and I'm gonna be on a Wednesday. I'm definitely gonna come out on a Wednesday and awesome. check it out. I want to be there. I want to, you know, uh, shake everybody's hand. And and uh, is there an age limit for volunteers? Do y'all typically have any age limits for the, you know, the volunteers that come out? We don't, and. Um... That's something that I've ran into a lot is like, oh, I'm too old. They won't want to hear from me. Mm. And I mean, they might not want to hear from you at first. Yeah. But if you listen, they want somebody who will listen to them. Right. And so it's crazy. Like there, there is no age limit. Okay. I've seen this, the oddest couples yeah. uh, of leader and student. Yeah. It's like, how does that even work? <laughs> right. Uh, but when that leader is just willing to listen, yeah. Um, I'll tell you too, uh, <clears throat> our students within five minutes of meeting them, they will tell you exactly who they believe they are. Yeah. Yeah. There is no shame in it, there's no hiding it. Yeah. They will tell you who they believe that they are. Yeah. And from there you can you can take that time yeah to start breaking down those beliefs yeah of like i'm inadequate yeah i'm not enough and you can you can just 
you can take your time. Like now I know who you believe that you are. Yeah. But now I see who God believes that you are. And so I'm going to walk with you through that. Yeah. Um, so just listening. Do y'all have a lot of mentors right now that have, that have come alongside you? Like, but like how many mentors do you have in the program? Um, no, um, right now we have eight. Eight mentors? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And these are people that have maybe come up in the program or have they been a part of it at one point? Yeah, we have several. That's um, cool. So two go to St. Phillips College. <laughs> okay. One of them we got to hire. You uh, did get to yeah, hire her. So she's a part-time wow. staff member now. Oh, congratulations. It's huge. I remember you told me about that. It's been, it's been such a dream of mine. Um <clears throat> To get somebody from the east side yes. uh, on staff. That's awesome. And she felt called. It's, yeah. No, it is so wonderful. Yeah. I can't tell you. She's done more ministry in, in the last two weeks than I feel I've done in my life. Wow. What's her name? We got to give her a shout her out. Her name is Jada. Jada, Jada Roberts. Shout out to Jada. That's fantastic. I'm so happy for you guys. Yeah. And for Jada. Because this is, is going to change Jada's life, too. I mean, 100%. this would be... This is going to be a big game changer for her as well. Yeah. And, and and so I love that. So you have Jada that is now helping out. And, and so the biggest, if you, it sounds like to me like the biggest way somebody could step in at this point is to come to club yeah. on Wednesday nights, probably get there, you know, four, 4.30 time yeah, frame. 4.30 would be great. 4.30, uh, 4.30. Um, do they need to bring anything? Do they need to, is there anything that they need to bring? No, I mean, they could bring some drinks. Okay, yeah. Uh, bring some drinks, bring some Sodas food. that people love. I bet you they love soda and all of that, oh, right? Yeah. Any kind of Cokes and all of that. So yeah. another thing uh, that happens, uh, other than on Wednesdays, yeah. is that campus ministry is open. So oh. we keep the fridge stocked with waters or drinks. We okay. keep it stocked with snacks. Um, we don't want any of our students to... We want them to perform as best as they can, yeah. having food in their bellies and um, just having plenty of water. Yeah. And so that's something that is always needed. Okay. There's not, water. There's not enough food, yeah. water that anyone can bring. Okay, um, cool. It will be It will be put to you. They'll take, they'll take care so, of it. So, yeah, <laughs> take some drinks. Um, okay. But, yeah, mainly just show up. Cause, yeah. Because from there, we can decide whether or not um, you want to pursue in this community. Yeah. And from there, we can talk and discern <clears throat> of what gifts. that you, Because we don't want to, I, I don't want to assign anybody yeah. a job or a role outside of their gifting. Yeah. I mean, my God. Smart. When ministry happens well, it's Andrea saying, I'm an artist. Yeah. I communicate with people. Let me just put those two things together and use it for the ministry. Yeah. Boom. Amazing. Um, I've got Jada. Like, she's outstanding at inviting people. Yeah. I'm not going to tell her, like, hey, sit behind the computer and do the, <laughs> run, the <laughs> run the numbers. Right. Do social media. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. anyway, um, yeah, if anyone, Smart. if they come and they feel called to it, yeah. from there we can discern um, just where they would serve better because we want this to give life to you as yeah. well. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's something so amazing about serving and giving your life. Simultaneously, you're being filled with life. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, we want that. We want a healthy community where yeah. everyone wants to be there and feels a part of it and is using their gifts and they're filling God's glory and all of it. And yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I Yesterday I got a chance. I, I, I teach a lesson. Um, it's uh, developing the mindset to win in life, right? And I taught it for Bernie seniors. They have this special program called Leader Steps, and it is a killer program. So kids, kids apply, and then they um, there's eight full days that they get to get pulled out, and they get uh, uh, lessons from business owners, people in the community, and it's an all day thing. They dress up, they've got to wear a tie, and they got to you know they got to look sharp. But ultimately, what it the whole culmination of it is, they have to make a resume and they have to do a job interview. It's the culminating experience. Like, tell me how amazing that is. That's right? so good. It's so good. And I remember here, I interviewed, um, I had a couple of people uh, that have come throughout the years, I don't know, probably five or six, and I would sit down and interview them, and I'd have my assistant here, and we'd go through a little interview. And I just sat there, and I was like, man, I wish I had something like this. And I tell the kids, every time I go teach them, I say, you, you don't really understand how amazing this is. That you what you have here, it's amazing, and so. But what one of the things I talked about kind of leads into what you said is 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 this this idea of the value cycle is what your ministry is doing is teaching the first part of it is that you have value. Yes. Every one of those kids have value, and and and. Depending on where they're at, they may not feel that. They may not believe that, right? So it's got to start there that you've got to see value in yourself. And, and that's what God can do. God can help you really see the value that you have of, of, of this creation that he's created. You're unique. There's only one. You know what I mean? And so you've got to you've got to see that value and then once you see that value, now you got to start adding value to yourself. You you you've got to seek to learn. You got to seek to to make yourself better, mm -hmm. personal growth. And and the Bible is one way to do that, right? It's learning and reading. And then once you start doing that, there is the natural byproduct is add value to others. And this is where you serve and you pour into other people. And so that that that's the value cycle. John Maxwell said there's a one sentence in one of John Maxwell's books that talks about this. And I've been teaching this because I really feel like when people see the value in themselves, they'll add value to themselves and then they will add value to others. And it's just it creates this cyclical cycle of this or not even cyclical, but but it, it creates this permanent cycle of because when you add value to others, you immediately get that's where you give. You immediately get even more understanding of your value. Yeah. Right. It's just powerful how that works. And so now the real deep question is. How can people serve you? You're serving this community, you know, how, how I think about, you know. What you're pouring into these kids and I think about being on the east side and, 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 and how can people serve you to help you keep that fire going for the east side? Man, that's a good question. Um, and one that I have never been good at answering. Yeah. Um, 
see, I went to school for sound engineering so that I can turn the mics on and hop behind the camera. Um, so putting the spotlight on myself is difficult of yeah. how I could be served. Let's see. Honestly, just fellowship. Yeah. And mature relationship. Okay. I would love um, for people who have, uh, we'll say, lived more life than myself. Yeah. To spend a little time with me. Yeah. And help me help glean some of their wisdom and um, pour in their knowledge to myself. I something that I love so much like and and how I really experience God a lot of the times is through my mind mm-hmm. and knowledge learning something new about scripture digging deeper yeah um and so having somebody that's older than me willing to take the time to just yeah. meet with me and yeah. and pour in wisdom and um yeah, it's just spend time with me. Yeah. Uh, that would be amazing. That's powerful. Mentorship. Yeah, um, I love it. That's something I've been looking for for a while. I love it. Well, I th- I'm, I'm hoping that, um, you know, Obviously, with this with this podcast, with this this we're gonna we want to put this out there for those of you who are hearing Eric hearing your story. Um, if you are familiar with the East Side, if you know people on the East Side, if you know of of churches on the East Side, because you know I remember you shared something with me that was so powerful. As you, as you shared, listen, because I thought Young Life was connected to Church X or Church Y, and and you said no. This is this is a ministry so that we could plug in to help with any church, yes. whoever's out there that wants to nurture these kids. We want them to go where their grandparents are going. We want them to go where their parents are going, right? And yeah. when I heard that, I was like, I really like Young Life. Like I like it. It, it really connected with me in a powerful way to be like that is a ministry. That's not about the glory of the just the ministry, but the it's the glory of God being like revealed to these kids so that they can go plug in where they need to plug in. Not, hey, we need you to plug in here. We need you to plug in right here. You know, I love that. And so for the churches that are that are on that uh, uh, on the east side or close to the east side, mm-hmm. reach out to Eric. Eric, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Yeah, by phone. And, uh, yeah, if you go to the website, I've got my phone number, my email address. Um, just give me a call. Yeah. You want to say it on, you can say it on the podcast if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, So my phone number is 830-385-1015. And give me a call. Uh, I would love to meet with you. None of these students are mine. (laughs) They're God's children. Yeah. Um, and the way I see things, like not even the clothes on the back are mine. I'm a steward of what I've been given by the grace of God. And so I, I truly desire to be in relationship with churches, with people that have something to offer these students that can take them to the next level of their faith. Yep. Like I'm not naive enough to believe that I can be the sole one to get them from 
never reading the Bible and there's just knowing nothing about Jesus to being their mentor for the next 20 years. Right. Um, we need a body of Christ. You need, you and, need other people involved. Yeah, and it doesn't yeah. matter. Denomination, um, if you love Jesus, if you love the youth, yeah. because they're beautiful, vibrant, there's, a, there's such an amazing generation coming up. Yeah. And they've grown up on technology their whole lives, and they've got an amazing BS meter. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, man, it's it's so awesome. Oh, I love and it. And so when they get a little hint of truth, yeah, and and love, oh, it's like a it's dropping a little drop of water in the desert. Yeah, and they want more. Yeah, they just want to be told the truth and not be lied to and not sold something. Yeah, and so, I mean, we have an amazing artistic, just brilliant generation that's coming up. I love it, and. It, you love jesus if heck if you love this country yeah um reach out to me yeah let's love some of these high schoolers um they're gonna change the world they they, They are we need them yeah we (laughs) need them now last but not least i want to look at some of these pictures i know soren's got some of these pictures um because of camp because when i saw some of these pictures i thought okay this is a resort, you know what I mean? And so, you, you know, those of you watching the podcast, we'll have a few of these pictures up, um, but we can flip through a little bit here. Tell us a little bit about this particular camp and what are some of the experiences that the kids get to have? Because your summer program, basically, you take your group, uh, 50, about 50 kids, get to go to camp somewhere around there. Yeah. And could more go if you had the funding? Is yes, that possible? It's possible, yeah. Okay, so that that's something to keep in mind for everybody here that that's listening to this is that with more funding, there's more opportunity for kids to go. And I'm looking at a beautiful <laughs> what is this? What is this building? This like this is a resort. What is this? Is that where they sleep? No. So that was the leader lounge and yeah. um, the infirmary, I believe. That, okay. Oh, sorry. So that one, yeah, that's the rope swing. That, that looks built, going right into the lake. Um, yeah, no, this these camps are amazing properties. In the background of these boys is the basketball gym. They had a, um, like a f- indoor basketball gym. Indoor basketball gym. Okay, just an amazing facility. Um, there's a lot of free time at camp too, so that like you know when we do give these heavy talks about yeah. Jesus, they can not they go out and just experience this wonderful facility yeah, and, and a bunch of volunteers who have just given their time to, to serve them. Um, these two girls I love yeah. so dearly. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy. The, their stories, uh, the personalities that are in this picture. Yeah. So different. Um, but yet there's a, uh, I don't know. There's a unity in, uh, the pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and this is a, you know, a good picture. What are all the names here? Yeah, so that's Geo. Geo. Um, this boy has a heart uh, 10 times bigger than his body. Wow. Uh, I have no idea how he stuffs all the heart in there. Yeah. Donovan. Yeah. He loves so well. Yeah. He, he loves his friends. He loves his mother. He loves his brothers. Um, he just, he's such a protector. And yeah. Um, Cece, she is wild. Yeah. Um, Cece is a, 
she's a powerful person. When she walks in the room, she'll she'd intimidate the hardest man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then when it comes down to it, she loves people so well. Yeah. Like there's this tenderness. I love it. Um uh, that's Hared. Um uh, man. His his mama raised a wonderful boy. Yeah. Um uh, he is so intelligent. He's so driven. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to run his own business uh, when he graduates That's high school. cool. Yeah. This is Des. She, I've, I've never experienced any other human being in my life that is as full of as much joy as of Des. joy? Yeah. Everything makes her laugh. She's always on the cusp of laughing. Yeah, yeah. Because she's overflowing with joy. That's awesome. Um, God, she's so amazing. She's our youngest in the group. Too. Yeah. Um, this is Saïs. Saïs um, has a wild story. Yeah. But uh, from her grandma's perspective that she's been proclaiming the gospel since she was seven years old. Wow. Um, and, I mean, you just can't meet Saïs without knowing that you're in the presence of someone who knows God. Yeah. It's, wow. You're just like, uh, you know him. Yeah. That's cool. Cannot speak enough about her. She actually she goes to St. Phillips, so she was okay. here as a leader. Oh wow! Okay, um, so she gets to come with the high schoolers to be one of the leaders. That's super yeah, cool. That's another thing, and they're all going back. We're all going back together. Like we're all going to go live life back yeah. together. We yeah. come, we go to camp, and then we're coming back home together. Yeah. And so Sai still sees them, still leads them. Yeah, um, that's loves cool. Them on the same campus too. That's cool. Uh, oh, ISIS. Um, she is a firecracker. Yeah. Man, in every sense of the word, she's always ready to, like, have a boxing match. Yeah. Um, Because she's so passionate. Yeah. About the people she loves, and she's so passionate uh, just about the people she cares for. Yeah. And then Cheyenne. Um, she's Isis's sister. Yeah. She's a little more of the reserved one. Okay. Like, all right, Isis, let's not yeah. <laughs> let's not throw hands. Um, but this was her first time leading at camp, both Isis and, and Cheyenne. Yeah. And I was so proud of see, this was a hard thing, is discerning like who should be leaders when we mm. get to camp, right? Very difficult in the Christian context because yeah. we're all sinners yeah. and fall short of the glory of God. For sure. What is confusing to the students that are like, wait, but you do this, but yeah. you say this. Yeah. And so discerning who should be a leader on these trips. Um, prayed, Cheyenne, Isis, come on. Yeah. Let's go lead. You're going to lead. Well, yeah. mister, I want to be a student. I want to, like, no, you're going to lead. Yeah. I could not be more proud of them stepping up to that challenge. They loved the students so well. Yeah. They they put themselves in extremely difficult situations that would flare up when you yeah. got people who are working through stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And they faced it head on and with love mm. and just I'm so proud of them. That's cool. Um, so these two sisters, they're they're just incredible human beings. That That's are, super cool. Keep flipping there, Soren. Who is this? Is he with your group? He's not. He's, he's not? A, okay. He was so he's a work crew student. Yeah. Um, 
and he volunteered his time to be there. To be there to help out and, yeah. and serve wow. for three weeks. Wow. Yes. And they, they don't, this is not a paid. They're not getting paid. They're not getting paid. Wow. Keep going, Soren. That's super cool. I want to see, do you have a picture of the basketball court? Is that in here? Let's see. Oh, that's our leader group. Oh. We got, yeah, you're going to get some, some nature shots. So, yeah, so, I love it. So this, this time is such I a beautiful it. area. Where is this at? Georgia, right? Yeah, so this is uh, at the foothills of the Appalachians. So what? Like just right where the Appalachians are. Wow. Um, and yeah, you'd see the smoke roll through the Smoky Mountains. It's yeah. Gorgeous. But here's another thing. Like, I brought three cameras. Yeah. So we take the students' phones up when we get to camp. Oh, talk about that. No oh. phones. The whole time? The they whole time they're at camp. So they, they can't touch your phone for how many days? No, so six. Six days straight. Six days straight. That's this is imagine amazing. that story. That's awesome. I love it. So yeah, we take up their phones. Yeah. So I bring three cameras. Yeah. And uh it's just awesome, like to give them the camera. Yeah. See what they see what they do with it. And that's take so cool. Pictures. But yeah, we're in the we're at the beginning of the Appalachian Mountain. Yeah. So it's is he at, is he he's in San Antonio, right? This is the whole San Antonio group? Yes. Okay, got it. What a cool man. This is so awesome. I bet that ride, I bet the ride there has to be very, for a lot of these kids that haven't been to camp, it's got to be a lot of anxiety. They don't know what to expect. Well, it's, uh, so inevitably, when we hit Houston, Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, half the bus, at least. Yeah. If they haven't been to camp before. Okay. When they hit Houston, they say, this is the furthest I've ever been from San wow. Antonio. So then we go to East Texas, and there's pine trees, and yeah. they're just like, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's just, like, that's why it's so crucial that we get these students out of San Antonio, not out of San, San Antonio, but out of, into a different part of the country. Yeah, like, a different part, yep. They've never yep. experienced. And how many kids are at this camp at one, during that week? Oh, uh, this one was about four... 450. 450 kids. Yeah, high schoolers. Wow. I love it, man. This is so good for them, you know, for any kid. I don't, I don't care who you are. I don't care. I went. I remember going to church camp growing up. Um, it's a pow powerful experience, you know what I mean? And I think every kid needs to experience that, and uh, it's, it's a game changer. Thanks, Soren. Um, so I know you said mentorship, right? You said that's that's what you need right now, mm -hmm. and and uh, definitely, man. I I I'm gonna be praying for some serious mentors to step up and come out, um, and and show themselves in a way to where they can uh, walk alongside and help with what you're doing. But but pour into you because I mm -hmm. I, I really feel like, you know, when you're, I think for for those that are in the ministry like this. There, there can be, like you said, the mature relationship. There could be this need for like, you're spending a lot of time with high school kids, college yes. kids. There's a, there's a, there's a need to, you, you don't want to be the smartest one in the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I know what you it's, mean. I, I can't always be the smartest one in the room, you know? You need to find a bigger room. And I, and I feel, I, I totally get it. It makes total sense. And I'm going to be praying for that big time, man, that, that, Thank that you. God send some mentors um, 
to send some people to really help out, to break bread with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, with you and your wife and your yeah. kids. Um, because what you're doing uh, with Young Life on the East Side is powerful. You know, it's 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 huge. It's why I wanted you to be on the show. Um, I want to share this message with as many people as possible um, to, to, to help uh, shine a light on what you're doing and find some way to uh, figure out uh, what, 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 what is the gift that, that God is calling me on how I can, can help with what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, Eric, thank you for being on TM3 Impact, my friend. Um, I, I appreciate you sharing your life and just being so open and so real. Um, that's what we need, right? And that's what the kids need. They really need that. They, 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 they need somebody to listen and be real. And so, um, once again, share with everybody the dates you meet, the, the times you meet, uh, in, in the location. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our Instagram is saeastyl, our website, saeastyl.com. We meet on Wednesdays at, um, on St. Philip's campus. And then we meet from 4.30 to 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. Yeah, and you, and you did hear him. He said, there is food, okay? <laughs> there is food. We have, what do y'all typically do? Like pizza, what do you, a little bit of everything, or what do you do? No. No? Okay, all right. Yeah. My wife is so good. Oh, she uh, cooks? No, 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 no. Oh, I was going to say. But she uh, puts out a meal train. Yeah. And so we either get like home-cooked meals, or yeah. last night we had Chick-fil-A. Get out of here. I mean, here. we had piles of... Chick Fil A nuggets and everything. Like the oh whole spread. my goodness! We were, yeah, blessed in every sense of the. the wow. World. We had some German chocolate cake to celebrate some birthdays. Wow. Uh, so yeah, if you're hungry, just stop by, get something to eat. Yeah, um, yeah, but it, yeah, it's pour amazing. into some amazing kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's something for you. Yeah. There's something for you and for your soul. I'm telling you, you cannot meet these kids and not just be like. Man, they're they're an amazing group of people. Yeah. I'm so proud of them. They're going to go on to change the world. But it starts with somebody that is intentionally uh, pouring into them and loving them. Love it. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. We'll be talking soon, Eric. Take care. Thanks, Samas. So